morning, everyone. We are continuing our Corinthians uh, sermon series, and today we're going to be looking in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 at the end of the chapter and uh, looking for some truths that can be applied to our life. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 23 through 33. Let's stand as we read um, the scriptures. Verse 23, it says, You say, I am allowed to do anything, but not everything is good for you. You say, Am I allowed to do anything, but not everything is beneficial. Don't be concerned for your own good, but for the good of others. So you may eat any meat that is sold in the marketplace without raising questions of conscience. For the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. If someone who isn't a believer asks you home for dinner... Accept the invitation if you want to. Eat whatsoever is offered to you without raising questions of conscience. But some suppose someone is telling you that this meat was offered to an idol. Don't eat it out of consideration for the conscience of the one who told you. It might not be a good matter of conscience for you, but it is for the other person. For why should my freedom be limited by what someone else thinks? If I can thank God for the food and enjoy it, why should I be condemned for eating it so whether you eat or drink or whatsoever you do do all for the glory of God don't give offense to the Jews or Gentiles or to the church of God I too try to please everyone in everything I do I don't just do what is best for me I do what is best for others so that many may be saved let's pray father we thank you for this day Lord we just ask that you would uh, open our hearts open our mind Lord, that you would open our spirit, man. Let us be receptive of what your word is saying to us. Lord, let your word apply to our lives that we live today. And that we could see the truths that we need to see today. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody says, Amen. Amen. You can be seated. This is week seven of the series. We've been through multiple uh, aspects of the things that Paul was issuing to the Corinthian church and helping them to see that the problems they were facing as a congregation could be dealt with and could be fixed, that there needs to be unity in the church. And just as that is for their generation 2,000 years ago, Paul was writing to that church, so also is God talking to us here today. There needs to be unity in our body. We need to get along. Amen. Amen. We need to get along as a church, as believers, because the community is watching. And that's what Paul is writing to here and speaking of, is that some people in the Corinthian church began to feel like that they were above somebody else. That they were above the community because they were saved, they felt holier than everybody else. Some churches and some people that claim to be Christian today, you'll see them out in the community and it's like they can't even sit at the same table with somebody that's a sinner. And in this truth that God is speaking to us today, Paul is telling them that whenever you come into contact with somebody that may not believe exactly like you or that maybe they don't live according to the holiness standard that you have set for yourself, don't condemn them over your convictions. I'm not trying to downplay convictions. I hope and pray that we as Christians have holy convictions, that we uh, strive to be in perfection, that we strive to be as most like God as we can. 
But Paul is very clearly telling the Corinthians, don't think too highly of yourself. Won't you look at your neighbor and say, won't you come down off your high horse? <laughs> I need to look eye to eye if I'm going to talk, right? I, I don't need you acting like you're better than me because of how you live. So Paul is telling them this, and this is coming from somebody that is a Christian that was born and raised as a Jewish believer. He was a Pharisee. He really believed the Bible to the tilt. He would take it to the full extremes of the law. Paul had killed people or, or stood and watched people be killed. Stephen, you can read about it in the book of Acts, and he, he was taking his holiness to an extreme in his life prior to Christianity. And some of us today, the same way that Paul brought his former religion and philosophy into his Christianity in the beginning, we need to get that checked. Can somebody say amen? We need our former way of thinking, our former thoughts and ideals to be in check with what God's Word says, not how we was raised. It doesn't matter what kind of church or upbringing you come out of. The best thing you can do when you become a Christian is put all that aside and say, God, I want your Word and your Word alone. I don't need the doctrine of men. Amen? I need God's Word to guide my life. Because if his word says it, we need to believe it. And if it, if it condemns it, then we need to condemn it. If it condones it, we need to condone it. If it says that you live this way, then live this way. But there's some things in life, and this is what Paul is speaking to in our portion today. Is there what the world would call, you know, some people say there's black and white. There's only black and white, that there is no gray. Well, apparently they don't live much. Amen? Because today, in my life, it seems like I'm constantly running into an area that I have to think, well, really, God's Word don't say not to do that, but it don't tell me to do that, so what do I do? Amen? Maybe you're living 2,000 years ago in the Middle East, and, and you know exactly what to do on every occasion, and everything's spelled out exactly in the Bible for you. There is no gray area in your life. Good luck with that. Because I'm telling you that normal, everyday people that's striving to be a Christian, you're going to run into things that you're looking for, and the Bible doesn't say not to do it, and it doesn't tell you to do it. So in those positions, in those uh, positions that you'll find yourself in, a decision has to be made. Life is full of decisions. I call them conundrums. I don't know. It's... It's something happening that it feels like <clears throat> I can't control. Amen? <coughs> <Is anybody? coughs> I'm about to choke. <coughs> hmm? You got a code? Bless this water in Jesus' name. <coughs> so these decisions that we have to make bring consequences. Amen? Amen? Every decision we make, it brings about other things to happen in our life. And as Paul is telling the Corinthians here, because we have read throughout this whole uh, portion of Scripture so far in Corinthians, we saw multiple times that Paul was talking about eating and drinking. He was talking about it. It's in chapter 6, I believe, that he, he says that uh, all things are lawful for me. Paul was a guy that lived by grace. He, he preached grace. 
If you don't believe me, go read Galatians. For by grace have you been saved through faith, not of works, lest any man should boast. That's what Paul tells us. Is he preaches about grace. He teaches about grace. He believes grace. He practices grace. He lives in grace. But as he says this, he says, All things are lawful for me, but not all things are expedient to me. Not all things edify or build up. You see, if you come from a construction world, you'll see that whenever you're building something, if you're uh, a home builder per se, you're a carpenter and you're going to build homes for a living. If you would walk in to build a home and you have a set of blueprints and you would take off working and you begin and you pour the footer and you, you pour the concrete out and get it thick, you get the rebar in there and then you lay some blocks on top of that and then you start plying wood on top of that. You get your, uh, what are they called, the joist and, and all that in there. Get the subflooring on, then you get the flooring on then you start building walls and then you start getting those walls up and they're uh, all the way around the perimeter and then you get the trusses on top of that then you put the sheeting on the trusses and you see where I'm going that there's a lot of building goes in to making a home there's multiple things but what if you started in on that process and every time you got up to the walls that the person you was working for decided they wanted to change the design of the home and you took a contract and bid it to build this home for X amount of dollars, but they're changing their mind every time you turn around. You'll get a wall built and say, this is going to be a closet, this is going to be a bathroom, this is going to be this or that. And next thing you know, you turn around, and they're always changing their mind and changing and making new decisions, and you have to go in and tear out what you've built. Amen? I remember when we built our house when we was teenagers. Seemed like we tore down more walls than we put up because mom couldn't make her mind up. She's stuck in her head. I don't know why. You can make your house whatever you want it. All things are lawful, but all, all things build up. That's what Paul says here. Everything is lawful to me. I do have the grace of God that will cover me. The Bible says His grace is sufficient for you. It will cover you. And sure, we can live in life and just uh, uh, go through life and just practice the Christianity that, that we just uh, have to, but we don't go above and beyond. We don't go to the community outreaches because it's not lawful that you have to. I just... I don't want to. And sure, God's grace is going to cover you, and you're going to get to heaven someday, and he's not going to pin you down and say, well, you didn't go to the outreach, you're going to hell now. He's not going to do that. All things are lawful to me, but not all things build up. So what if I waste my time sitting in the recliner rather than going to the outreach? I'm not building much. I'm wearing my recliner out. I'm pretty guilty of that. I've wore out multiple recliners. Paul is saying here that we are to do things that are expedient for others. This is what is different about this verse in chapter 10 versus the same saying in chapter 6. In chapter 8, he's saying this time, you're not, you're not, not all things are lawful for you and not all things are expedient for you. But he tells them to take in consideration others. 
And this is the big deal in our life. And there's black and there's white that, that you should do this and shouldn't do this. But what about things you can do to build other people up? If you're not involved in it, I don't think we can gripe at God whenever we don't receive the blessings if we don't put the work in. Well, I was hoping for a little better output than that, but we, could, we shouldn't expect Him to bless every area of our life if we do absolutely nothing. The Bible says that if you don't work, you don't eat. By the sweat of your brow you shall eat. It's what He told Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. I know that's not good preaching in America. The culture of everything, you deserve everything, and everything's free. Amen? Yeah. But it's still the truth. If you don't sweat, you don't eat. So what if you apply that same principle in earthly standards that God has said, what if you apply that to your spiritual life? If you don't ever pray, don't expect a lot of blessing. If you don't ever read your Bible, don't expect a lot of knowledge. If you don't ever come into a connection group at Bible study and say, I want to learn more about God's Word because I don't know enough yet, don't expect to be a genius wherever you get into situations in your life and you don't know what the Bible says to do or not to do. What if we have some responsibility in this measure that God gives us? I'm not telling you can buy your salvation because absolutely you cannot. If it wasn't for Jesus hanging on the cross, not one person on this planet would be saved today. He alone saves us. But what if the benefit of others, what if you would pray more? What if you would seek God more? What if you would read His Word more? What if you would study more? What if you would really desire God as much as you do other things? What if that was for the benefit of others instead of yourself? I would say we're all guilty of not doing enough. All of us are guilty of not doing enough for God's kingdom. And priority-wise, wherever we get to heaven someday, a lot of the things we're worrying about right now, these little petty things, these issues of life, that we're so tore up about, things going on right now, when we get to heaven, you're not, that will not matter. And we can fight, we can squabble, and we can go through all of our life always in disarray, always in turmoil, always fighting, bickering, complaining, griping about this, everything's wrong, everything's, perfect, everything's not perfect besides me. When we get to heaven, we're going to realize, man, I was really fouled up. I'm guilty of that myself. I love John Maxwell's term, one of, one of my favorite quotes of his. He says, your attitude... Determines your altitude. Yeah. Amen. Amen. I see it in life. I can sit back and watch people. I love watching people, don't you? You ever just go somewhere and just watch people? Watch them go through the line at Subway. Some go through there and they're like they're, it's the best day of their life that they're getting a Subway sandwich and they're telling them what all to put on there and they're just enjoying it. Kind of like Ernie. He's just, he just happy to get his Subway sandwich. And you'll see other people come through there, and just because they ain't got lettuce, well, I can't believe this. You know that they should have ordered. Who's the manager here anyway? And I can't believe they're just not. And they, if your whole life is bickering and complaining about everything, where's your attitude? Think about that. Yes, amen. If your attitude determines your altitude, how are we going to be? 
I'm guilty. I'm here. I'm not pointing at everybody else in the room. I'm pointing back at me. Because I can get tore up about stuff. Leslie just looks at me because I don't get mad often, but when I get mad, I can't, I don't know. It just gets away from me real quick. Amen. She'll just look at me like, what are you doing? You don't normally act like this. She says she acts like it all the time. So she said it. I didn't have to say it. She, self-admission. Self-admission. But Paul is telling the Corinthians, please, whatever you do, build up. Build up. Here's our life. Here's our life as a Christian in a symbol. It's as simple as this one instrument right here. This one tool has two purposes. And you got to decide, what are you doing? If I'm wanting to build a house, Jerry knows this. He's built a lot of stuff in his life. You don't want to use this end a lot. This end costs you money. <laughs> you got to pull nails, bend nails, tear stuff down, rip stuff apart. This will cost you. Amen? But if you use this end, you can get your building built, and you can have sheds built all over the place, kind of like Jerry's house. He's got, he's got a barn with a shed built off of it on both ends and sheds everywhere. He's kind of like my dad. He's a whole lot like my dad. <laughs> and still need more room. But if you build a good shed, you can put your valuable things, and Jerry considers everything valuable, <laughs> underneath of that shed, it'll last longer. So whenever you build something up, it protects what you have. But when you tear things down, you won't have a shed anymore. And then when your lawnmower sits outside... It'll rust and decay. So why is it in life we use this end so much more than this end? I'm guilty as charged. But as pastor, I want us to see today that Paul is telling us if we build up, let's build up even for other people. I remember a time when, when my dad went and got a dump truck and he borrowed a dump truck and he, he, he brought it home and he brought a load of gravels for our driveway. And when he headed up the road and he got up through there and he, he was pulling up the hill to dump the gravels and when he got over the bridge, the beams underneath the bridge broke and the tr dump truck that he had borrowed landed on its side down in the creek. Everybody say, that's about my luck. <laughs> That's, that's the way it seems it goes for me. And Dad had to climb out of that truck, and I'm sure anxiety and fear struck him at that point. What am I going to do now? What's going to happen now? I've wrecked my boss's truck that he makes money with to pay me. Conundrum, right? So the gray area in life is what do you do? I think Dad got out immediately and started jumping up and down on ah, my head. I think that was the initial thing to do. Earl. 
You ever been in a conundrum? Yeah. <laughs> Daily. Yeah, he works with JR. <laughs> He'll create conundrums. Now, I remember everybody up and down the holler, we grew up in Briary. That's before the Dubway, and it was just a little road going up Briary. And everybody pulled in, and everybody began to help. Everybody jumped in. Dad got the backhoe. They dug around. They got it switched around. And there was people there everywhere helping him get that truck out of the creek. It's called community. I remember another time that whenever the Dubway Highway was coming through, Dad went and bought the barn back off the road, and he was going to move the barn to, to save his barn because he would put all that blood, sweat, and tears into, into keeping that barn. He loved his barn. And he went and rented a big old huge dozer Built a road up through there, and he was going to drag his barn up through there. There was hundreds of people that day stopped and helped move the barn. No pay other than a greasy baloney sandwich. It's called community. And I'm really concerned at the generations today that I'm witnessing, and even my generation. That those days will soon be gone when anybody does anything for somebody else's benefit. That we're so self-conceited and self-concerned that we don't benefit anybody else. And as a society, that we use this end so much more than this end. I hope this picture gets burned into your cornea so that everything you look at, you have to make a decision. Am I tearing somebody down? Or am I building them up? And I, with, with the way the world operates today, with Instagram, with Facebook, with Twitter, with all these things, and during these seasons of elections, you'll see the election going on, and, and not too many people will get out and brag on their opponent. You know what they do? They use this end. And if all America is ever going to do is use this end, we're never going to build anything. We need somebody that's willing to go the other direction, against the grain, and do the right thing. I'd like for you to do that this week. Go back to your Facebook account. Everybody here, if you've got Facebook, I want you to go back over the past two weeks and see what the community thinks of your words. Do they build up? Do they tear down? Are they negative? Or are they positive? It's as simple as that. And I believe God's word is telling us today. Paul is saying. Sure you can get by. Sure God's grace is going to cover you. Sure you're going to end up in heaven. But don't you want anybody else to go with you? Corinthians, do you want anybody else to go? Where's your concern for others? Let's see if you come play. Where is your concern for others? I love it that the scripture towards the end, it says, doing everything for the glory of God.
And I'll tell you what brings God glory more than anything. is the salvation of his children. Peter wrote down in his epistle, he said, It's not God's will that any should perish, but all would come to repentance. That all would come to the knowledge of the saving gospel of Jesus Christ. When we go into the community, I would like to see us this week to pray harder than we've ever prayed before all the way up to Saturday. I would like to see us as a congregation be so positive in our outlook, in our mindset, that whenever we walk in to a place that's hurting, that's deprived, that's got issues going on, that lives in a world of negativity, that we could be a positive influence on hurting people. I believe that would bring God glory. We don't need any credit. Won't you stand? everybody here would just please bow your head close your eyes I just want you to whisper a prayer to God in your own mind I just want you to very simply ask him say Heavenly Father what are you asking me to do with what I've learned today what part of this message applies to my life And asking so I believe that God will grant you wisdom and understanding I believe that you will have knowledge and if there's anybody here today that just maybe the part that's sticking out to you is you can see back over your life and think about what you've been doing lately and you think I really do have a bad attitude And maybe you've tried to change it before. Maybe you've tried to be positive. Maybe you've read uh, positive, encouraging books. Maybe you've watched positive, encouraging uh, things on TV. Maybe you've done a lot of different things to try to change your attitude. I just want to very simply ask you today, have you ever asked God, help me with my attitude? Maybe there's some in the room today that says that the Holy Spirit will speak to you and tell you that you haven't been doing enough to help others. That you've been living life for yourself. Maybe the Holy Spirit is just checking you right now and telling you, why don't you try to build other people up rather than always chasing after your own desires? Maybe the Holy Spirit is challenging you today in that area. He may be speaking to you about some decisions that you are needing to make and you've been trying to search to see in God's Word what's the answer. You've been chasing and chasing and chasing and it it seems like you're in a gray area that you just can't find an answer. 
maybe the Holy Spirit is saying to you today your answer is will it help others everybody here just keep your head bowed and your eyes closed is there anybody here that will say Pastor Ben I'm challenged here today I feel the Holy Spirit is challenging me to make some changes is there anybody here that will lift your hand the Holy Spirit is asking you to he's challenging you to make some changes Anybody else? The Holy Spirit is challenging you to make some changes in your life. I want everybody here to just pray with me. For the ones that raised your hands, I want you to just really look inward. But everybody here, if you would just repeat this prayer, let's let's help them as they're they're making decisions today to change, to become better for God. Everybody say, Heavenly Father, I come to you. In Jesus' name, I ask you, forgive me for my faults, for my attitude, for all the things that I've done wrong. Help me to be encouragement to others, to build others up, to seek their gain. Lord, that you can be glorified. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen.